0: Good morning. I'm going to do my best to get you out of here by lunch. Good. It took you a second, but that's okay. Uh, we are continuing the Amazing Acts series, and this series is, is really cool, and, and it's something that we don't always get to do. We talk about Acts sometimes, but we usually focus on, on uh, Paul and on his Acts and everything that he did, and like the story that, that was just read we usually take that towards what, what was amazing from Saul to Paul. Uh, and today I want to talk about Ananias and just what he means for the church, how we can be like him, how we can learn from him, from his example. Uh, and so just to, to go to verse 10 again. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street in the house of, to the house of Judas When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things the man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Uh, If you remember last week what we talked about, we talked about Stephen's death and Saul was involved in that. He was there. And so Ananias knew that and everybody knew that and everybody knew who Saul was. Now, we don't know a lot about Ananias. Uh, We don't know anything really before or after this moment. So what we do know is that he's not a a pastor. He isn't an elder. He isn't a a, a music minister. He isn't, you know, a, a general superintendent or a bishop. He is an average follower of Jesus. He's someone who trusted in Jesus, who followed Jesus, who lived for Jesus, who goes to worship Jesus, who does everything he can to be like him, but he's just one of us. He's just a guy, and yet God called him. He called him to something specific, and he called him to something real, and he called him to something hard, something that he didn't want to do, and sometimes that's how it goes. We, we get called to stuff that, that seems like it's beyond us, that seems like it's so difficult, that, that seems unwanted even. And you remember, Saul is basically a murderer. Not even basically. Saul is a murderer. And he's after Jesus' followers. And he's angry. And he had done a lot of stuff. And he'd been involved in a lot of stuff against Ananias' friends. And so God gives him, like he does to all of us, a specific call to Ananias. Whereas to to Paul, he met him and he talked to him. And he blinded him and just gave him the call to his life for Ananias, he goes more specific and he gives him the street and he gives him the house and he gives him the time and he gives him the name because he knows that Ananias is going to be scared. Because as soon as Ananias heard the name Saul, he's like, whoa, are you sure? Like you mean Saul, Saul, like that one, the one that just murdered Stephen, like that guy. And so he's like, you're going to get confirmation." by seeing specifically every step I've laid out for you. And even then, he was still scared, and he still questioned it. And even then, he still had to say yes. Um, I have a quote about that. Uh, When God interrupts your life, he is calling you to follow him in a new way. By breaking into your settled pattern, he is moving you to a new place where you can make fresh discoveries of his grace. Embracing God's call is never easy. But this is where the pursuit of a God-centered life begins and where the shame of a self-centered life is exposed. And this applies to both Saul and Ananias because God was breaking into both of their lives. And he was calling Saul to basically do a 180 from who he was. And he's calling Ananias to something completely different, but it's something hard because he has to trust God completely. And he has to, to trust this guy that, that all he knew was bad about him. And he has to trust the situation. And you see, God calls us and he equips us. And I think we all know that. I think we all know that he would never call us to something and then walk away for six months and be like, hey, I'll check in later. He goes with us. We know that. And we also know that his work, his will will be done with or without us. Uh, There's a quote from C.S. Lewis that I'm not using today. I've used before and I think the other service, but it's basically God's will is done. No matter what we do, we get to choose if we're going to be John or Judas Basically, like we are part of it no matter what we are part of his call. But whether or not we follow him is up to us. Whether or not we choose him is up to us. He gives us that chance, though, time after time after time. And Saul alone proves that, that he will give us that chance, that call. And Saul was called to major things. And we know that he became Paul and we know that he started churches and went on mission trips. And we know that he gave his life completely to Jesus. And we know that that he wrote entire books of the Bible, half the New Testament, basically. Ananias, we don't know that much about, but what he did still mattered to God, and it still mattered to the life of of Christians at the time, to the life of us as Christians. Uh, There's a story about Billy Graham, and everybody here knows Billy Graham, I would assume. Billy Graham, like Paul, not in the murder aspect, but like Paul, in terms of reaching a lot of people and, and writing things and preaching and just being out there and such a, a voice for God. Early on, before he had accepted the call into ministry, he went to a revival and he was trying to figure out what all this was about. And he walked in and, and it was very crowded. Not quite like this, but still very crowded. And an usher back there had been instructed to kind of stop people from coming in. There were seats here and there, but everything had already started and they didn't want to interrupt it. And you know how that goes. And and so Billy walks in and the usher is supposed to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, standing room, like you can come to the next service, etc. And he just feels something. And he sees something in this young man. And he says, you know what? I'm going to find a seat for you. And he takes him up to the seat. Now, Billy Graham went on to to be a minister in Christ for a long, long time. And God would have helped him to do that no matter what. I don't even know that usher's name, but he still had a role in that. He still followed God's call on his life, just like Ananias. You see, not all of us are going to be Paul or Billy Graham, but we can be Ananias. We can be that usher. We can be a, a part of what he calls us to do. And yet sometimes it's hard. It would be awesome if the call upon our life were easy. Like, hey, you know what, Amy? I want you to eat ice cream every single day. That is what I want your ministry to be. That's easy. That's awesome. Unless you're lactose intolerant, then it's a problem. Or, you know what, Becky? I want you to receive $100 a day. That's your call. Pretty good, right? But sometimes it's so hard. Sometimes we have to jump out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we have to go somewhere we don't want to go. Sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do. And sometimes we're not sure. The Old Testament reading was about Moses, and he was not sure about what he could do. And he was not sure about the call. And and as you go through his story, you see him literally argue with God. Like, literally argue with God about his abilities and about whether he should do it. Ananias, in his questioning, is not questioning God. He's just looking at the situation, looking at Saul, and saying, Are you sure? Like, are you really sure? Even when we're not sure, God is. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows what he's doing. And even though we may not see it in ourselves, he sees something. He sees a use for us. He sees a path for us. As you know, I am in the ministry. It's probably not a surprise. Uh, when I was first called, and I remember it so clearly, I was a, a senior in college, and I had no idea what I was going to do, I just knew I was studying English because I wanted to bring in the big bucks. <laughs> and from English to ministry, that's quite the path. Uh, but I remember walking down the stairs of La Follette. I even remember the hall, and I remember it so clearly, and I felt this call into ministry, and I'm like, What? I can't go back to college for four years. Like, there's no way I can do that. I don't know how to do this. And, and it's not that I necessarily said no, but I'm like, I, I literally will skip classes to avoid talking. Like, I cannot speak in front of people. And God still called me, just like he calls each of us, to continue to, to seek him, even though I wasn't sure, even though I didn't know how. I, I continued on to, to get a master's in creative writing because, again, you got to spend money to make money. At some point, I'll make money. We'll find out. But, thanks. Thanks, two people that laughed at (laughs) that. That's what makes it worth it. But uh, I still kept seeking him, even though I wasn't necessarily following the call because I didn't understand it. I was like, are you sure? I can't do this. I, I cannot do this. My voice, I don't work in front of people. Like, this is not something I can do. And finally, I went home after graduate school, and I went to take care of my grandma, and and that first day, there was a call for volunteers in youth ministry. That first day. And he continued to seek me, even as I continued to seek him, and finally, I gave in. But even now, after 75 years in the ministry, I will wonder, are you sure? Are you sure it's me that is supposed to be standing here? I may never be sure, but I trust him. And just like Ananias, I know that even though I'm not special, he is, and his purpose for us is perfect. And so going to verse 15. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to you, sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Imagine for a second being Ananias. And not only are you told to go talk to a murderer someone who has killed your friends, who is angry, who has done all of these things, who is literally arresting you. But you're also told, he's going to be my minister. Like, he's going to bring the word to kings and to to people that that have never heard it before. He's going to take it everywhere. Imagine hearing that. Sometimes I don't think we, we realize exactly how crazy that is. How crazy that would have been to Ananias, to the other people at the time. Because Saul is an actual murderer. This is not something where it's like, oh, I wonder, I heard bad things about this person. I heard this in their past. People know for a fact what he had done. And they know for a fact what he had said and what he had been a part of. And they know for a fact who he had been. So this is like you picture someone who has actually murdered people and gone to jail for it. Someone who's actually not done good things, who's done bad things. And you're told from God before anybody else, like, this person is going to take the message to everybody. Even the best of us is going to be like, are you sure? Like, you got the name right, God? Like, like really? And so Ananias, he was scared, and that's natural, but he could have been judgy, too. He could have been like, ah, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to follow the call, but I'm going to make it hard on him because he deserves to suffer. And so he could have gone to Saul and be like, here's your food, slapped it in his face. Be like, hey, you know, I'm taking care of you, but I don't really care what happens to you. God's going to take care of you, whatever. I don't trust you. I don't like you. He could have just poured anger and judgment and, and all kinds of things into him. And honestly, Saul deserved that. As they went on, I think we know about in Saul's life, people would always remind him of what he'd done. And they were judgy of him. And they would be like, yeah. You're talking about Jesus now, but I remember when you did this. And people were reminded us of our past. But I bet they did it to Ananias too. It's like, this is as much your fault as anybody else's. You helped this guy. How could you help him? You were friends with Stephen. How could you be a part of this? But we are called to be like Jesus. And that's hard in a world like this, but we are still called to do it. We are called to serve him. We are called to, to, to show him, to exemplify him. Regardless of what specifically our call is, our life, our path is set out before us. Going to the the next quote. This is from Billy Graham. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. Billy Graham never hid the truth. But he still knew his role. And he knew that he was supposed to be an example. We are not the convictors. We cannot force someone to change. We cannot force someone to see what's right or wrong. We cannot force someone to be here. We aren't the judges. It's not on us to do that. To hold people to this certain standard. hold ourselves, yes. That doesn't mean that That we don't speak about it. It doesn't mean we don't share. It doesn't mean we don't help. It doesn't mean we don't advise. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is our job is to love, to show, to be his witnesses, to be his examples, to live out the truth, to be like Jesus. And Ananias, in the face of tremendous fear, showed this amazingly. Because even though he's not sure, even though he's scared, even though he doesn't trust Saul, he still did it. He still went and did what Jesus called him to do because he trusted him. And that's what we do. And this is huge. This is opening the ministry up to the Gentiles. That's people who have never heard about him before. People who had never known the truth. And that was hard, but it was something that God wanted them to do. And he knew that Saul was the right person, even if nobody else thought that. Even if Saul didn't think that. But he still had a role for Ananias. Sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to be right. And not just wanting to be right, we want people to admit that we're right. We want to be told that we're right. We we want people to make sure they understand what we say. They want people to understand that they need to live like we live. Sometimes we want to make little us's. That's not what Christianity is about. It's not about a bunch of us's and you wouldn't want a bunch of me's running around. It's about making little Christ's about helping people to see who Jesus is and then to find that tremendous change that only he can offer. We plant the seed, we set the example, and he takes care of the rest. And even though it's hard sometimes to live that way, it is worth it. And maybe we won't be Paul, maybe we we can be Ananias, but it's okay to be frustrated. And it's okay to be scared, and it's okay even to doubt But like Ananias, we keep going forward. And we keep finding ways to to endure, to be motivated. And so I have Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is from Paul, who was once Saul. Probably Paul. We don't know that for sure, but I think so. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses uh, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. There are witnesses all around us. Witnesses who have gone before us and and you can picture Jenny talked about her father, someone who made a, a huge spiritual difference in her life. And you can picture people like that. People in family, people in friends, Sunday school teachers, pastors, people that have gone before us, people from the Bible, people who have been witnesses for him. And we see them and they're around. They are showing us how to follow Jesus. There are also witnesses who watch how we treat other people. They watch what we post, what we tweet, what we TikTok. And I know this is a TikTok crowd. They hear what we say. And they're wondering, is this Jesus life worth it? What's it mean to be different? And we show them that even when we don't realize it. I talk a lot about politics because it's so frustrating to me. Because both sides, and I know that there's technically more sides, but really there's both sides, can be so insulting and so angry And we as Christians get so caught up in that. We're called to something better. We're called to be a better example. We're called to show a different path. We're called to to be like him. And the hard part of being an example, one of the hard parts of being an example, is sometimes we're going to fail. We are. There are people that can give you a list of the times that I've failed. I'm one of them, by the way. I'm probably the only one, to be honest. But sometimes we're going to fail. And the hard part is that can even be an example. How we handle that, what we do with that, what we learn from it, how we carry the the shame and guilt, or, or if we let it go and we learn from it, we help people, we apologize, we admit when we're wrong, all kinds of things. There are two things that everyone knows about me. Number one is that I talk a lot. A Little hurtful, there's no laugh there, but that's fine. <laughs> Number two, I'm surprised Amy didn't say amen, to be honest. Number two, I'm told that I'm very open and very quote unquote real. And Not just because that's the only way I know how to do it. Again, I'm not special. In a different atmosphere, in a different place than the church, I don't think I could do this. But He is with me. And He called me to something very hard for me. But He allows me to do it and He helps me. He calls you to something. And maybe it's hard, maybe it's easy, maybe it's long term, maybe it's short term. Whatever it is, He will be with you. And it's a long race. There are a lot of weights that hold us down. A lot of things that make it hard to endure. But that word "endurance" in Greek is hupomon, "hupomone," "hupomoni," however you say it, and it means determination, unhurrying, yet undelaying, going steadily on. That's how we live this life, going steadily on, moving towards Him, and it's a long race. And it mentions the storms on every side. And I always think of Peter walking on the water. He literally walked on the water until he saw the storms next to him. But even after he failed, even after he sank, Jesus reached out. Sometimes we're going great. And then the storms and the words and the insults and everything around us cause us to kind of sink. But there's never a point that Jesus is holding out his hand, reaching for it. He's there, and he loves us, and he's with us. And so we learn how Peter handled things. We learn from how Saul handled things. We learn from how Ananias handled things. The Bible gives us so much. And then we learn how Jesus did it. We learn how others that that went before us do it. And my last quote is kind of cheating. It's from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That's how we do it. That's how we deal with everything around us. That's how we follow our call. We trust his path. It's okay to question it. Ananias questioned it. Moses questioned it. But they still did it. It's okay to doubt. They doubted. Other people doubted. But they still did it. It's okay to be scared. They were scared. But they still did it. Trust in him. It's not easy. And sometimes we're going to forget. But we keep trying. We keep standing up, enduring, going forward. We exemplify him. We are witnesses. What it comes down to is do your best to be like Jesus every step of the way and trust him to help you succeed.